yeah, I mean, I, just, I didn't play very well. It happens. Um, a couple of the two, the two of the interceptions just underthrew by five to ten yards, um, and uh, missed some opportunities throughout the game. And so I just got to put us in better positions uh, and making better decisions um, so that the guys can go out there and work for me and make plays uh, down the field. Yeah, I mean, I just haven't played very, very good to start the season. So I think if I start playing better, everybody will start playing better. All right, here we go, fellas. Um, I, I just, you know, let, let, let's get on. Let's grab the couch here real quick. Um, this is the, uh, the the greatest, the best Chiefs podcast that there is. Obviously, we clearly know that. Um, how y'all feeling after that damn game last week? I I, I couldn't even I couldn't even listen to you, Serta and Rocky um, after that that <laughs> that post game. Um, well, that's disappointing. <laughs> How y'all feel about after that? That uh, for the world to see that they that they seem to have lit a fire under Zach Wilson, <laughs> and, now, and now in the swiftest change all week, Zach Wilson is somebody who can play now. Can- That's the craziest thing in, in the world. Like how, how did how did y'all how did y'all deal with that with that game? So first of all. Ron, I, I mentioned last week, I think this is going to be a super ugly game that none of us feel good about coming out of it. And that's exactly what it is. The Jets wanted to muck it up. They wanted to have a rock fight and they found a way, despite the Chiefs getting out to a 17 nothing lead, to make it into a rock fight in that second quarter and beyond. Beyond that, can we give Zach Wilson his due? I no, know people no. are laughing at him. Dude, Zach Wilson balled out in that game. Zach Wilson in the second half made some of the best throws I've seen by a quarterback this year. Like. He was amazing, and I I don't know how or why it happened, and I don't expect it to ever happen again. It was a one-night thing where he just, like, had the game of his life, and that's it. It's over. He's going to turn into a pumpkin. But Zach Wilson was unbelievable in that game, and he deserves a ton of credit for the way that he played. Every now and then in sports, we see players who just have nothing to lose football games. And that's exactly what that performance from Zach Wilson was like. He was like national stage, prime time. Taylor Swift is here. Wolverine and Deadpool are in the building for some reason, like celebrities everywhere. Zach Wilson was just like, I'm going for it and I'm going to have complete disregard and I'm just going to try to play totally unconscious out of my mind football and that's exactly what he did now if this actually transforms into something and he winds up becoming a good quarterback i'm fine with that happening against the chiefs and the chiefs being the thing that kickstarts zach wilson because it's not going to turn into anything but if it actually did it would be funny and interesting for football so i'd be on board with it but i don't i I don't feel any differently about this football team than I did before that football game. Like uh, it's exactly how I thought it was going to play out. The chiefs defense wasn't is Zach Wilson was better than I expected. The chiefs defense wasn't as great as I expected. And it was a closer game than I would have liked, but defensively for the New York jets, it's exactly what I expect from that unit. I believe they are a top three defense in the NFL. And I think they looked every bit of it on top of some sloppy play that we've seen from the chiefs. I'll say I personally don't really care about Zach Wilson, the football player. Uh, I hope he's prosperous with health in his life and his family. (laughs) And he finds a woman he loves. Um, And that's fine. I don't really care uh, that he played well. I do find it entertaining that that guy could not play last week. And now all of a sudden, hey, 
this guy, this guy is legit. He, he is a good quarterback. Like, no, no, he, no, nope. Anybody saying that? Oh, relax. It's been, oh, it's relax. Been, oh, that's been a spin. Really? I'm not saying Tim Tebow won a playoff game. Sometimes no, weird things happen in football. Now, Tim, now, Tim had done that. Tim can't could dream to throw any of those passes <laughs> that Zach true. threw last night. But I mean, it was one night only. I, I don't really care about it. I'm gonna tell you honest, my honest. I'm so glad. Like I couldn't have done that post game show. Not that I couldn't have done that post game show. I'd be in a much different place. And I'm glad we have some length between the time that we do our podcast and we discuss things because I've had time to step back and it is the most frustrating. It was the most frustrating slash encouraging performance. And now when I stepped back several days, I was frustrated as hell during it, frustrated as hell rewatching it, but now feeling much more encouraged because of course, after that game, it's like, Oh my God, all right, what's the problem with the Chiefs? Like, what is going on? Are they going to listen? They're three and one, and they are not in sync, especially offensively. They are not in sync. There is some issues there, but they get out on that defense in New York, Sunday night football, primetime, everything you said, and they bang out 17. I mean, in a hurry. I mean, quick. And you can see it. Pacheco just running through them jokers. They ain't look like no top three defense in the first quarter. I know that much. It's 17 to nothing, and bam, here they go. And then, you know, you just had players just get stupid, led by 15, just get stupid, and then just play as bad as they can potentially play. I mean, it's that like that stretch, and I'll, I'll give the Jets credit, but I, I, I think it was really turning the pistol on yourself more than anything else. I think it was self-inflicted, and – Patrick Mahomes just got into this, this, yeah, man, I'm looking directly at the coverage. I see you. I'm going to throw it anyway. And not throw it with heart, throw it with conviction, and, and I'm just going to float it, make it as easy as possible for you to pick this thing off. I think him, Jawan Taylor, uh, with the uh, with the safety, I think he and, and the offense changed this entire game. And it was frustrating to watch them because then they got to a stretch where they just – couldn't get anything done. Patrick Mahomes seemed to revert back to, I am not going to take what they give me. I am going to force this thing. What they were giving him, Pat probably could have rushed for 100 yards in that game if he if, if he just takes what they're giving him. But he didn't. He wanted to force things. And it got Zach Wilson going and that offense going. And it gave them uh, it gave them some, some confidence. And they got back in the game. Like, when you talked about a BK, it would be a rock fight. You talked about like, uh, you know, maybe like 27, 10, 20, yeah. 23 to 10, but not the thing in doubt. And when I say the the now encouraging part is, man, they put up 30 points on this team, like basically, right? They, Mahomes decided to not score, and the Chiefs decided to not score so the Jets couldn't get the ball back. But as bad as they played in that middle part, they put up 30 points against that defense. And you say to yourself, what would they do if they didn't play careless and silly on those on those plays? And to my to my thought is Patrick Mahomes has been part of the problem of why the offense isn't clean. And that's every game. And if you're telling me Mahomes is part of the problem, Andy Reid and this coaching staff hadn't really found their rhythm yet either. Ah, and they're putting up 30 on this Jets defense. 
I'm more encouraged to believe that in about five, six weeks that this is a completely different group. And yeah. I'm encouraged. I was frustrated as hell, BK, but I'm more encouraged now. I don't know that I'm encouraged necessarily, but what doesn't make me encouraged is that we've seen this before. Like, this is not something that is new. Mahomes does this every si- almost every single season where he goes through like a three to four week stretch where he just doesn't really look like himself and nobody can explain why, but typically it's, he loses trust in one aspect of the offense. Sometimes it's the offensive line and he has his footwork that gets really off and he's holding the ball way too long. And he just ends up kind of getting out of sorts. Sometimes it's, he's not trusting his receiver. Sometimes he's not seeing the defense particularly well. Uh, There was a cup, there was a year, I think either 19 or 20, I think it was 19 where he started seeing cover two really uh, the majority of the time for the first time. And he, they were trying to figure out, okay, how do we react to this? Because we've always been able to push the ball down the field. And now we have to take what the defense is giving us. And we, we don't know how to do that. The chiefs didn't know at that point, what's to do, how to do it. They didn't have a running game really to speak of. And so they were really working through a bunch of stuff. So in 2019, you saw it. The stretch was against the Lions, the Colts, and the Texans. If you remember that stretch, dude, he looked completely out of sorts. And the Chiefs' offense looked broken. They end up losing two of those three games. In 2020, he had another stretch of it where he went up against New England. Chiefs' offense scores 26 points. They put up decent points against the Raiders the next week, but they end up losing that game in part because the offense just wasn't able to get the job done. Then Buffalo, and then we know the Denver game there as well. It's happened regularly over the last few years where Mahomes goes through something like this. 2021, we all remember, Ron, I think we were doing the show at this point in time. Tennessee, New York, Green Bay. Three-week stretch where the offense just looks completely broken. We were all wondering, like, are they going to get out of this thing? Are are they going to be able to just flip the switch suddenly? They did. They go up against the Raiders, and suddenly the offense looks fine. So, I'm not worried about it. I think it's going to be all right. This is something that we see all the time. And if it was something bigger, I'd be more concerned. It looks a lot like some of the issues that we've seen in previous years. Kind of something that Pete was alluding to earlier this week. And it's that the Chiefs are right now playing for the future and planning for postseason games. Like that's how this operation works now. It's not about what happens early in the season. You always assume that Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to figure it out and that everything will be fine. But right now it's testing things out. And we've seen Patrick Mahomes have these spells, as BK was saying, where he kind of reverts to just the footwork is terrible. The throws are inaccurate and he's all over the place and everything looks out of sync. But then once he gets into his motions and gets into stride, everything is clean again. Everything looks laser focused and unstoppable. And I just think that that's a product of early season, this young wide receiver core. They're still figuring things out along the offensive line. And all of it is just trying to find the best way to make it all work together. And they eventually will figure that out. It just doesn't help when you're also playing a Jets defense that has those guys up front that that can give you that many problems that can put pressure on you and they can bring the heat the way that they do. And I think that that's all that was. It was just a product of that on top of them trying to figure things out and find the chemistry within the offense so far this year. Yeah. I I, I hear what you're saying on the preparing for the future, especially with the wide receiver thing. I, I, I just don't, 
I think some of this with him, especially in the game against the Jets, that was just him just playing bad. Like you said, yeah. like he just like his footwork. He just he like that. That, that, like, that wasn't that. He has bad games sometimes. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't well. Yeah, and I think he, I think in Jacksonville, there was some interesting stuff that he's just putting stuff up for grabs. Detroit, like a lot of Kadarius Tony called a lot of it, but he was off too. Like he's just been off, and I don't. I don't think that Patrick Mahomes has gone Henry Rowan Gardner and lost his his ability to throw hard anymore and lost his special power anymore. So I think it, he will get better with it. But there is some there are some elements of them trying to mix in the future and, and get ready down. That that that's just him just saying, you know what the hell with man. I, I think I can get this in, and I'm gonna try to float this thing in. Like that was just him playing playing rough so i i I just expect him and andy i don't i don't know that andy has just been calling bang up game i'll tell you right now i i I, i'll tell you one one play that fires me the hell up and i just you just have to accept it with andy like like you're going for it on fourth and one isaiah pacheco is just killing killing them and you go ah let's go travis in the shotgun yeah with so, and hand and, and handed to and handed to our lightest back in McKinnon and have Mahomes behind him. Like I like you got it barely. You almost had a bat. So it's just silly when you just hand the ball off to Pacheco, who then proceeded on like the next three plays to get 15 yards. You know, as, as he ran the ball. So I just like the guys who to me are are struggling a bit. Like you just don't think they're gonna keep doing that. So you you put up. I don't care. Like they're struggling. Like you can watch it. When I say struggling, that's not that's not the fair word. When you watch this offense, they are clearly just not completely in sync. It's not humming. Oh, sure. And they're putting up thirty on the Jets on the road. Who's ready to play you? You know every team is ready to play you, and this is the closest thing they get to you know, your Super Bowl in the regular season is Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs, Sunday night footballs on this schedule. We believe in ourselves as a defense. And you you give up 30, and they're not right. <laughs> like, so I'm encouraged. Two two things. Uh, one, I, I would say the, the most positive and encouraging sign from that game was what Isaiah Pacheco was able to do. He's become a little bit of the identity of the offense. When things are going awry for them, they're able to just kind of say, you know what, Pacheco, hey, it's your time. And I thought they waited too long to do that against the Jets. I thought it should have been earlier than what it ended up being. But that guy just, he took the game over. And he did this in the playoffs at times as well last year, where you needed a big, like, emotional moment. And Pacheco just goes out there and, like, he has the ability to run through contact in a way that gets the guys going a little bit. I thought that was a big piece of that game against the Jets. The other thing that I would add, and this is not to give them an out. They, they they also played really poorly. There was just some weird stuff in that game, dude. Like, you look at the win the game turned, it was on the safety, which, whether you want to call it a safety or not, I, I think it was the wrong call. But either way, it, they put themselves in a bad spot there. And then you had the interception where Mahomes just, like, underthrows the ball. And then you have the other interception. And that's the way you close out the first half. And instead of being up, you know, 23 to 6 or something – you're up 20 to 12. And it was just a weird way to end the half. Everything felt off at that point in time, and it took them a little bit to get things going. 
But then they finish out the game with a 15-play, 45-yard drive that took more than seven minutes. I didn't know this team had that in them two years ago, man. I don't think they did have it in them two years ago. But with the ability to give the ball to Isaiah Pacheco, Mahomes making the right plays, they found a way to make the plays when they needed to. So um, we're going to look back at that game and say to ourselves, man, that, that ended up being something that they really needed. It just sucks going through it at the time. It is miserable to watch games like that. And I don't believe that we've seen the Chiefs' best performance yet, like by a long we shot. Better, and I understand. Let's better say we better not have. <laughs> I understand they put up 41 against the Bears a couple of weeks ago, but that's a team where Chiefs' talent level compared to Bears' talent level is in a totally separate class, like the Eagles and the Bears or the 49ers and the Bears. Like Chiefs' talent level compared to the Bears' talent level. Well, and the coach is not even close. Yeah, yeah and all, all those teams should drop 40 points on the Bears easy, and we shouldn't even think anything about it. So, but they're, they're going to put it all together. And I think an encouraging sign, like BK said, is with Isaiah Pacheco. And I understand Mahomes is – the reason all of this works is the reason that you're competing for championships every year. And Andy Reed wants to use Mahomes because that's more fun. And Andy wants to throw the ball and put up points. But as we've seen with the Eagles too, which the Eagles are undefeated right now, but the Eagles haven't looked totally dominant through four weeks of the season. They've kind of been stagnant, kind of like the chiefs have. And when the Eagles need to settle down, they just run the ball because they're like, once we commit to the run, there's not a team in the NFL that can truly stop us from running the ball when we want to run the ball. And the Chiefs aren't quite like that, but I would like to see them lean into it a little bit more and, and use it to try to open up the offense a little bit more. So I think that was a really encouraging sign from them uh, against the Jets. Yeah, I, yeah, I think they, I think they had to lean into it because fifteen in the passing game was at such a struggle. But with all of them, and it's something they can turn to. Hopefully, we start to see the passing game look more in terms of production, what, what we're used to seeing. All right, we do this every week when the Chiefs have the ball. And look, let's let's go to where everybody sees a lot of the problem. And, I, I, and I'll throw it out to you. How concerned are you? There, we're four weeks in. We've seen some up and down performances. There have been some times where you feel like, hey, you got something here especially after like the Jacksonville game and, and things of that nature. How concerned are you about the wide receivers? The wide receivers were four, what, four games in. How concerned are you about the wide receivers right now? Ron, let me ask you this first. Do you know who leads the Chiefs wide receivers in receiving this year? Rasheed Rice. That's what I would have said. Rasheed Rice or well, Justin yeah. Watson. Because, because yeah, Justin, because Sky has had two games where he hasn't caught a ball. Yeah, uh, and he said the probably had the, maybe the biggest game. Was it Justin Watson? Yeah, it's Justin Watson. Uh, it's Justin Watson is the leading receiver on the team right now, and then Kelsey, and then Rasheed Rice, and then Noah Gray is tied with Sky Moore with 112 yards so far in the season. They're both <laughs> averaging 28 yards per game. By the way, Marquez Valdez Gantling, all the way down at 104 yards on the season. He has all of six receptions on the year, 26 yards per game. I'm not overly concerned about it just yet because I think they have somebody that can emerge from this group. And it's not my guy. My guy coming in was Sky Moore. I like Sky Moore. I think Sky still has the potential to be something for this team. But at this point in time, I have to take off my Homer hat, put on my realistic hat. And I think the guy that can be a real player for them is Rasheed Rice. 
he looks to me like Sammy Watkins, like the Sammy Watkins that was here in year one for the Chiefs that really helped him and ended up being a huge piece to that team. I think Rasheed Rice can be that guy for you. And that is basically just a better version of Juju Smith-Schuster, who last year was the number one wide receiver option for the team that ended up winning the Super Bowl. So I am not overly concerned because I don't think too much has really changed in that receiver core from a year ago. They just have to decide who's going to be in that role. They've been trying Sky more, and it has not worked thus far. I think it is time to give Rasheed Rice a little bit more playing time. And it's starting to go in that direction, but it needs to continue heading in that direction. I know it's really hard for for Chiefs fans, and it's easy to point to them because like, you don't want to point to Mahomes. And you don't want to point to Kelsey. You don't want to point to other places. So it's those guys, right? And it's just the same thing as you got. Like, they have to be patient, right? They got to they gotta be patient. Like, to be honest, in this particular game, I don't think the offensive line even allowed them at times to be able to run routes. But the thing to me is why I'm not concerned is because of what they need to be. They need to be – we know the blueprint. They need to be what they were last year. That's they need to be. They need to be that. They need to find someone who's able to play off of Travis Kelsey. And I agree with you. The last couple of games that we've seen, the best guy that has done that in the middle of the field has been Rasheed Rice. In the Bears game, he was playing right off of. They were running that route where Travis comes out first, and, of course, they go to him, and Rasheed Rice is right there. The middle of the field, he had another play like that against the Jets in the middle of the field where he can catch the ball and he could get busy after the after he catches the ball. He's a yard after catch type of guy. He can get busy doing that. So I, I think he is the guy, but I still think all of these guys are going to have their, their respective roles. I'm not throwing the dirt on Sky Moore. I never thought Sky Moore was going to be a number one type receiver like clearly you two did. But I do think, like, he is a guy that can complement these guys. I, I think MVS can be what he could be, and he shows up, you know, sometimes like he did against the Bengals. I'm sure he'll play his ass off against the Bengals. He likes to play against them, right? And, like, Kadarius Tony will have his, his space and his role to do things. And it's just going to take some time. So I'm, I am not, like, going crazy into thinking that this is not – they're not good enough to win a Super Bowl. They are going to be because what they have to do is match what they have to what they have from last year. And I'm sorry, they are more talented this year than they are the, than they were last year. And I want to wait to four games before I am convinced that they need to go in a different direction. So I've seen a lot of people this week, especially kind of saying like. The Chiefs really have to decide who their guys are that they want to get on the field and like really lean into like getting those guys opportunities, which like ideally, yeah, you'd love to have like a top end guy who, you know, is going to play 80 to 90 percent of the snaps on a given week that you can rely on and can make plays. They don't have that, but they didn't really have that last season. And this season, I don't think you necessarily need that either. Like you can still make it work the way that it is right now, but I think. Without question, it is apparent that Rasheed Rice needs to get more opportunities. He needs to get on the field more. He needs to be involved more because he's the only guy who has truly stood out in, in that wide receiver room. And, you know, there's still a lot of like Justin Ross, like get him mixed in. And sure, I'd like to see if he could do anything. But 
MVS is the guy that I think is most frustrating to me because like Justin Watson's going to have his moments. Mahomes likes him, takes deep shots. He he makes plays occasionally. Sky Moore might have a big game here and there, but it seems like he's pretty inconsistent. MVS is the most frustrating thing to me because MVS is the guy that's going to get snaps no matter what, and you know it. They're not going to take playing time away from MVS, I don't believe. I, I think that he is the veteran in that room that they really like, that they really rely on, and they believe like we can count on him to make a big play when we need him to, be in the right spots, and, and all of that stuff. And it, it's been so spread out with the wide receivers, but MVS I don't think is going to have his role diminished to a certain point, like the way other guys can. And that's frustrating because, as BK just mentioned, he doesn't produce consistently in any way, but they lean on him like he is the main guy in that locker room that they have to look to when they need somebody to go get something going, and he's just not that dude. He's never been that yeah. guy. No, but, can, hold can on, we... Serta. but hold on, sir. Who is he – like, who is producing consistently that he is taking snaps from? Like, who are, who are you saying, it's... like, he needs to get – this person needs to get on the field and and MVS is taking it from them. I, I mean, I would like to see Justin Ross get more on the field because he would step into that MVS role. Like Rasheed Rice is probably more interchangeable with Sky Moore than he is with MVS at this point. But I'm just saying, if we're going to play this ring around the rosy with the wide receivers, let's do it with everybody in, in the same way because MVS is the guy that they're trotting out there every week like he's – He's the guy that's locked in, that has this locked in role that we know, and he's not doing anything with it. He has had a snap count drop quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. He was an 80% guy against the Jags. He's down to like 50 over the last two weeks, MVS I'm speaking of. And I think a lot of that is because you've seen more of Rasheed Rice over the last couple of weeks. So it's starting to trend in the direction that Sir is talking about. I think it needs to continue going in that way. Like over the last two weeks, you've seen Rasheed Rice go 39 and 32 snaps. The two weeks prior, he had a combined 32 snaps. So it's getting better. Now let's get him like 45 to 50. Let's like reverse the splits between Rasheed Rice and MBS. I'm I'm totally with you on that, Serta. I I think so much of this just gets fixed when Travis Kelsey looks like himself again. I Mm. I think that's, that's the honest truth of the matter. Kelsey so far this year has looked a step slower and has looked like a guy that is coming back from a knee issue. He has 150 yards in his first three games of the year. The typical Travis Kelsey, you would expect to see that closer to like 225. He's averaging like 20 to 30 fewer yards per game than what you would typically see from a Kelsey that we've come to know and appreciate in Kansas City. When that happens, and I say when because I believe it will happen eventually, this offense is going to be fine, man. And it's going to be a matter of Kelsey stepping up, one of those wide receivers getting better, and Patrick Mahomes playing like we all know that he's capable of. I think this is a pretty good week for it, honestly. Like, the Minnesota Vikings defense is not something that scares you. This is a defense that you can get through the air. This feels, and so does the Broncos defense next week, like another get-right type of a game. The way that it was against the Bears and the way that it was a few years ago whenever they went up against the Raiders, and finally we saw that offense break out after the weird thing with the Titans and the Packers and that stretch. You know what? That's why I like you, BK. That's why I love you, actually. Uh, and, and not a, any kind of a... Uh, no, you're good, man. We, we can just in, leave it at that. Not a, not a kind of intimate way or anything like that. I'll be honest with you, it is intimate. I, you know, this is why I love you. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you brought up the Kelsey thing. See, that's that's probably... Now, listening to you, that's probably the number one reason, fellas, why 
I'm not ready to just, you know, jump off the ship with this wide receiver crew is. Like, we know this isn't going to be a dominant group, at least right now. We know there is no Tyreek Hills. There is no great player out of this group. We all knew that for this group to be really productive, the great stuff around it was going to have to be great around it. Because, right, you feel like, yes, the wide receiving core is going to work. Why? Because Patrick Mahomes is a quarterback. And Mahomes is the best quarterback in the world. And he will make this thing work. Hell, we watched him make it work with Juju and the rest of these dudes last year. Juju almost had 1,000 yards and got paid by, by, by New England because he can make it work. You got Travis Kelsey. He is the, without question to me, the best tight end in the game today and the best tight end of all time. Has he been great? Hell no. He ain't been great to everything you've talked about. He may still be injured. Has Mahomes been great? Hell no. He has not. He has not played at no MVP level. If he's going to win an MVP this year, boy, he's going to have to get going. And I mean now, Andy Reid. That's another reason why hey, Andy Reid can scheme things. He's going to use – has Andy Reid really been scheming and been on his A game with things this year? I don't think so. I think there can be an improvement. And you felt good about your offensive line. You felt good about your tackles. Right, I'm going to tell you the truth. And that stretch where they struggled against the Jets, Mahomes wasn't just scrambling all the time because guys wasn't open. Mahomes was scrambling because he was getting pressure quick. And, and, and that's been a bit of an issue at times for this offensive line. So I think those guys you felt were going to be strengths. I'm not ready to jump off the bridge on this wide receiving core when all the things around it that we expect it to be a certain level have not played at that level. Has Patrick Mahomes sort of played at the level you expect him to this year? No. Not Has yet. Travis Kelsey played at that level? No. Juwan Taylor, how many penalties are you going to get this week? They're not all legal, illegal procedures. Let's get it. I mean, my man's got 10 penalties and and in in four games it's insane like and and he has struggled at times so those are things that you expected to be able to help the receiver core i want to see what it looks like when we get mvp mahomes when we get best of all time goat travis kelsey when we get this offensive line clicking i want to see that before i jump off the bridge and say that the chiefs need to make moves Right, I like that. That's that's where I am with that receiving core. And you're right. Like that, it's all still figuring things out, and it's all still trying to find the way to piece it all together. But like, I do think that Patrick Mahomes can take this thing to another level just by getting upset and getting annoyed and being like, "Okay, I have to play better." And he said that multiple times this week. Like, just like I like taking all of the blame for everything that they did, even in a win, he was like, yeah, I have to be better. I played terrible. I was awful in that but, game. Well, and, he had no choice but to do that with some of the decisions he yeah, made. Yeah. And he made bad decisions, but like we we've seen that from him. And I just feel like we do this every year with him where like BK mentioned again, like he goes on these stretch runs where they don't look great and we overreact to it and we overreact to it. And then he'll get locked in and, and they'll settle down and they'll go on a run. And then all of a sudden it's 
He's the greatest player in the world. Again, the Chiefs are the greatest team in the NFL, and there's no worries anymore. And so that's why I'm not stressed about any of this stuff. If there was a week to get right, it is this week, Ron. Because the Chiefs have figured out, most of the time, how to operate against the Blitz. Do you know who that's the, the one? That's one? the one thing. Yeah, that's the one thing I'm concerned about. Oh, is, really? Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just concerned. Like, you know, Brian Flores is going to say "eff it," sure. and 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 this offensive line. I just, that's the only thing of like, they they're going to be able to pick it up. I would think so. But that that's the that's the only thing that they do that makes you a bit concerned. The but Giants, Patrick Mahomes. The Giants are second in the NFL in blitzes this year blitz percentage they've done so roughly 49 percent of the time the vikings are number one at 57 percent. to put that another way the vikings have blitzed the quarterback 90 times this year second in the league is the patriots at 67 the gap between number one and number two being the patriots is the same as the gap between number two and like number 25 with the jets they are playing a completely different game defensively than every other team in the league right now. The Vikings are just saying, hey, we do not have the personnel to stop anybody right now. So we got to get super creative. We got to get super blitz happy. And we're going to try like hell to force you into a difficult decision. And a lot of the times it doesn't work for them, but they're just going to keep going after you. They do not care if they give up a big play. They're just going to keep fighting and keep fighting and keep fighting. And hopefully, eventually, the variance goes their direction. Against Patrick Mahomes, I hope that that is not the case. I think that he is a smart enough quarterback, a poised enough quarterback to make this thing work. And if ever there was a player that is going to thrive against this kind of a defense, it should be Travis Kelsey. Because you're going to find space and openings galore in the middle of this defense. So... This is a Kelsey game. This is a Mahomes game. I fully anticipate them getting back on track this week. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Blitzing Mahomes has been – it's not what you want to do. It'll be interesting to see if he continues to do that. He doesn't know any other way. That's the only way they play nah, defense. He knows the other way. I would not be surprised if he watches and says, all right, let me sit back. No chance. And, and, and blitzes and blitzes sparingly. No chance. In the same. It's like saying Wink Martindale is going to suddenly stop blitzing. He's going to do I've it. Seen, I've seen Wink do it. We we actually talked to Alec Lewis this week on the Arrowhead Pride podcast. I really he's like the, Alec Lewis. Alex yeah, he, he's he's great. College he, with Alec. He, he covers the Minnesota Vikings now for The Athletic. And he said Brian Flores was very coy when asked about his blitzing and whether or not he was going to do it about Patrick Mahomes to Patrick Mahomes and it's pretty safe to say he's just going to blitz the hell out of him yeah. because he blitzes the hell out of everybody, even if he won't admit it this week out of the game. They did we'll it see. against the Chargers. They did it against the Eagles. They're going to do it against the <laughs> Chiefs. It was happen, fantastic man. in that game. Yeah. No, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they do there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they mix it up. But as we just talked about the receivers, like if they're not able to get away from zero blitz, which I've – I've watched Brian Flores in a game against the Texans when he was the Dolphins' head coach. Zero blitz the Texans. I think like fifteen consecutive snaps. He's like nuts, if, dude. He's if nuts. He's, if he does that, then like ultimately, you think Mahomes would hurt him, and 
you just hope these guys can get uncovered. Now, if they're not able to get uncovered with just one-on-one coverage with the whole, whole field in front of them and with Mahomes buying time with those back uh, – those as he keeps backing up and backing up in the pocket, then – then that'll be concerning. I, I'm with you. I think they can they can get right in this. All right. When the Vikings have the ball, to me, this is I, I I am I am so I am a bit concerned with this with this part of it because I can see because this is about the Chiefs pass defense versus the Vikings pass offense. And I can see in my mind the way it goes that Ultimately, the Chiefs are pretty successful. But then I can also see, like, in my head where TJ Hawkinson is eaten because Justin Jefferson is eaten. And then, you know, all of the weapons they have outside and around him. And Jordan Addison is beating you up the field because he's probably going to be singled against somebody. Like, and that, that Osgood kid is not, not horrible. He has drop issues at times, but he's not awful. Shut up, Serta. I can feel it. I can feel you ready to say something. He's not great. Get, get Jordan Addison some more snaps. I didn't Talking say – Osborne? What did I say, Osgood? Uh, Osborne, excuse me, 17, my fault. I don't care. Um, <laughs> You're good. He shouldn't be on the field. Right he Serta's right. But, but, uh, but as a third option, he's not – I mean, he's not horrible he's for them. And uh, – and, and he takes advantage and getting yards at times because of Justin Jefferson. To me, it's it's about the entire pass defense when we know up front getting pressure is going to help the back end. And so far, the Chiefs secondary has been one of the best secondaries in football. Well, they're going to be tested, and this might be arguably their toughest test. When you look at Miami, Buffalo, we'll see what Cincinnati looks like, but this could be their toughest test uh, right now in terms of the pass defense. And for me, the number one thing is you just cannot let Justin Jefferson just obliterate you. I mean, Justin Jefferson is going to get his his things. He's going to get his targets. He's going to get his catches. It just can't be no eight, nine reception ball game where we're pushing 200 and multiple touchdowns. Like it, it just cannot be that. And it'd be interesting to see how the coverage is. We saw last week he likes size and luxurious need. If there is going to be any corner that follows somebody, it seems like it is luxurious need, which we yeah. saw him with Garrett Wilson a lot. And I can feel from your eyes, BK, that you just do not agree with that assessment of things. But I do like I do like the, the point of, hey, let's put potentially luxurious need with help all the damn time on Justin Jefferson and then kind of the Belichick thing and then having McDuffie go ahead and cover Jordan Addison by himself, you know, in, in, in a lot of, in a lot of cases, I think that is the thing while you're trying to get pressure. That's, that's, that's what, the deal. That's the deal for me. That's what I'd like to see them do is just like, they should, they showed their hand last week. They're, they're not going to put McDuffie in shadow coverage. If you're not going to do that against Garrett Wilson and that, Viking or that uh, Jets receiver core, you're not going to do it this week. So the other route that you could go is what you said. Legereus Sneed goes on Justin Jefferson. You've got him one-on-one there, and you have safety coverage over the top at all times, which you need to have against Justin Jefferson. And then you have McDuffie just lined up one-on-one on whoever that number two wide receiver is. I like that idea. We'll see if that's what they decide to go with here. Kirk Cousins quietly having a really good season, man. 
Um, the numbers that he's putting up are spectacular. He's on pace for more than 5,000 yards and 47 touchdowns on the year. Here's the problem uh, for the Vikings offense, my friends. They always, 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 always find a way to shoot themselves in the foot. They go out there and turn the ball over way too often. 3-4-2-2, that's their turnover so far this year. They are like the 2022 Chiefs, where every week, hey man, when this thing's going well, we're moving the ball consistently right up and down the field. Unfortunately, they shoot themselves in the foot and find a way to screw it up somehow. They have found their running game over the last couple of weeks. Ron, I know that's something that you want to get into. That That's something you got to be aware of. It's not something I'm super worried about because Madison is the most average of average running backs. Really, it is that passing game. If they get it going with Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, this team can beat you because they can outscore you. But really, that is the only thing that the Minnesota Vikings do really well right now. They throw the ball well. They don't really defend it well. They don't really run the ball all that well. It's really just a matter of can you slow down the passing game? And if you can, you'll come out of there with a win. This Vikings offense is one of the most fun offenses in the NFL to watch. And yes, they turn the football over. They can't run the ball. I I don't care what your argument is for it. They're terrible (laughs) at it. Um, But they can throw it with the best offenses in the NFL. And they could do that also last season. Like they are explosive. And Justin Jefferson's that good. Like last week, Justin Jefferson had 85 yards and two touchdowns against the Carolina Panthers. It was the first time this season he's been held to less than 149 receiving yards. Like that's how insane he has been. It's not just in a modern day NFL where there's incredible players and like the best athletes we've ever seen at the wide receiver position. He is the best and it's not really that close. Like it's not just that he's a number one wide receiver. You got to go shut down. You're talking about the guy who is the best wide receiver in the NFL and he's separated himself from everyone else because he's that good. He's he's incredible at everything. But I, I think the Chiefs defense can try to do a, a little bit more of like what the Panthers did, where it's just like if he goes to 85 and two, you're just like, yeah, that's Justin Jefferson. You're good with that. You just don't want him to go for 170 and two or three touchdowns. I, I think the thing that'll be interesting is uh how how often they do really just put sneed like on an island with him or or mcduffie or, or never because you should never do it because never no that, no, no, no there's no island he, what are we talking about well, here? well like that that's where that's where he really really kills you is man-to-man man-to-man coverage he will eat that up all day long i don't care who the cornerback is like justin jefferson is that talented he he will just destroy anybody in one-on-one coverage so they can get pressure on Kirk though. Like they can get this offensive oh, line yeah. particularly good. They can get after yeah. him. They can try to force turnovers. Like that's the key to this thing is like getting pressure, forcing Kirk into turnovers, making Alexander Madison fumble the ball. And you just kind of live with whatever Justin Jefferson does to you. This is, this is one of those Chris Jones games at Ingram number 67 right guard for the Minnesota Vikings. You should be lined up over him every single play. Ed Ingram can be a decent run blocker. He's got some He's got some skills in that regard. Big dude, gets out in space. Uh, as a pass blocker, not the dude you want out there. Uh, so if I, if I was Steve Spagnuolo, and I'm sure he'll have a great game plan ready to go with a bunch of stunts trying to take advantage of Ed Ingram, but specifically with Big 95 lining up across from him, I would expect a healthy dose of Chris Jones going up against Ed Ingram trying to get to some of those incentives this year. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Steve. I'd fire Spags if I was Andy, if he ever, ever 
with single coverage on on, on Justin Spags, Spags drops pass rushers in the coverage all the time. Like, I don't give a damn. It's not unheard I of really, to do something absurd like that. I don't care. I just saying. I'm telling you that I, I, if he's singled up, if he's allowed to be singled up once, I'd fire him. I literally, if I was Andy, I'd, I'd fire at least sit him in timeout, and I would, I, I would make him Mike sit Edwards, a quarter. Really from, good last from, week. Let's get let's Colin get Mike Edwards. Edwards with the over the top help. It needs week. to be. He like needs it. to be doubled up every time. Like for me, the 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 game plan that comes to mind to me is what Bill Belichick did to the chiefs in the, in the first playoff game where he just said, you know what, Tyreek, I'm, I'm not going to let you beat me. I'm going to put my second best corner on you and I'm going to double you every single time. I'm going to put, I'm going to put Gilmore on Kelsey. They don't really have a Kelsey, like nothing like that where you can, you can deal with. I'm just not going to let you beat me. I'm just not going to let you, I'm not going to let you. And, and, and you just can't, you, you have to do it and believe you can get pressure up front. And listen, I know what you just said, sir. You can say all you want to about their run game. I think I think that they need to – they cannot let their run game do what they've done the last two weeks. Okay? The last two weeks, Madison has had over 90 yards rushing, right? 17 carries last week for 95 yards. A week before that against the Chargers, who have been – a pretty good run defense this year. He goes for 93 in that game. They get Cam Akers in the trade. He goes for 40 on eight carries last week. Like those two combined for over, you know, 130 yards rushing, just the two of them. And the reason why to me that is that's keeping them on the field with first downs. That's keeping them on the field and not, and keeping them in third and manageable. And that's to me why you have to stop the run because the best chance is when you know they're passing, then then Spags can do his thing and that pass rush can go. If they're having success running the football and now you got to deal with that too, that that just that just hurts you in, in dealing with their pass defense. So you cannot give them you cannot give them both yeah. in this. But I don't think you have to worry about that at all because if you get up at all, that's in the this game, yep. they'll totally abandon the run. They, they, they won't even try to run the ball, especially if they run it early in the game, you're stuffing it, whatever. You don't even have to be up by 10 points. They'll just abandon it and just start slinging it all over the field. So I, I don't, I'm not worried about the running game. At but all. Let, let's hope that the Chiefs get up on teams. They have not done it but once this year, really just getting up and just running away from someone. We'll see if they, we'll see if they do that. But I'm just saying early on at home, I just, I just think it is really important that they don't allow their run game to get going like they did the last two weeks. That, that, that's all I'm, I'm saying on this. They, because you, if you're having to defend Madison in their run game and Acres too, to go along with it, then you, you're gonna have to ultimately adjust, which hurts you against their pass game. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that they're a great run team. They've been good the last two weeks, yeah. and if they, and if they. There's no and to it, man. I, 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 gotta, I mean, been, I, I do no. want to add one other thing. The Jets' entire running game was on one run. Like, they had a 43-yard run, and the rest of the day they had 15 carries for 60 yards. Like, they, they did not run the ball particularly well against the Chiefs. Um, I, I think the Chiefs' run defense has mostly been pretty darn good this year. True. But the Chiefs' run defense is going to look different because they're going to really – be fearful of this passing game, 
Like there's there's, there's no passing game that like we're just saying. Like to me, you got to keep a safety up top all the time. Like you're not. Yep. I mean, they're just not coming down, and I think that helps their run game. Is is all I'm saying is just the Chiefs. If we if they do what they have done all year, they should be fine. I'm just simply saying them getting their run game going like they have the last two weeks. That that would spell an, an issue to me because they can if they can put they could potentially put up points, and I would not be surprised if the if especially early in, that's what makes me nervous about this. Early in this game, the Vikings come out. You know they're going to come out a, a, a ball of fire at home this offense against this team like they're going this is they've it's, circled these are circle well, games for them the Chiefs. and the Chiefs offense which obviously hasn't been the offense that we all know and expect like that's still a team's approach to them because they're like well Patrick Mahomes could do it whenever so we still we got to just come out and attack and try to score as much as possible all right um to, uh oh god I feel like I've torn my ACL here fellas I don't know what's going on <laughs> in my left knee I'm afraid to take steps. Um, all right. Uh, give me my my music, sir, to the game that is sweeping the nation. Certified or imposter? You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. All right, we got to get here. Taylor Swift. The Taylor Swift stuff and attention is becoming bad for the Chiefs. The Taylor Swift. <laughs> Stuff and attention is becoming bad for the Chiefs. Certified or imposter, BK? I think it's becoming... Oh, you were even thinking about it. Oh, wow. I think it's becoming a thing that people are annoyed by. And I think that even includes Travis Kelsey. You Do you mean the people in the locker room? Yes. That you think, really? I think I think people are like, all right, listen. This is really fun. It was entertaining for like a week or two. And it's the old Michael Jordan saying, right? Like, might want to be me for a day, might want to be me for a week, might even want to be me for a month, but you don't really want to be me because of everything that comes along with being Michael Jordan. You're followed everywhere you go. You're one of the most famous people in the world. Well, that is also true of Taylor Swift. And what comes along with dating Taylor Swift as one of the players on the Chiefs is your entire team becomes the team that Swift is associated with. With So... Do I think it's like a ultimately a big deal long term? No. Do I think it's something that is kind of annoying for the guys? And I, I'm including Travis Kelsey based on his comments that he's made on his own podcast. Yeah, I, I think in that regard, this is a little bit certified, honestly. Wow, it's well, like just ju- judging Travis Kelsey, like based on the comments that he's made, kind of publicly recently and on his podcast. I just don't think. I don't know if he really grasped the level of fame that she has compared to him. I I think that he believed I'm a very famous hall of fame athlete. Like people know who I am and I, and like, you know, I've been famous for a long time. It's not that big of a deal, but for the most part, Travis Kelsey in Kansas city kind of gets left alone. Like he has, he has his, his go-to places. He has the people that he associates with associates with and the way that he operates here and it's functional and and it leads to him having somewhat of a private life with taylor swift you don't have that anymore and you got you got paparazzi being freelance contracted from la and all of the the media hubs and stuff like that around the country to take pictures of travis kelsey like at his apartment or house here in kansas city 
because he's that famous now on her level. And so I, I do think that it, it could be a little bit of a distraction. I think it's really stupid. I also think that they should be able to live their lives, but I, uh, understanding that like Taylor is on a totally different level. They, she, they had pre-sale tickets for her movie, her concert movie. The pre-sale tickets made over a hundred million dollars. That's like a hundred million dollars at the movie box office is a big deal. They haven't even shown a single one yet, and it's already made a hundred million dollars. That only five movies this year have generated a hundred million dollars for content. That thing that (laughs) thing is gonna make eight hundred million dollars. Like that, that that is absolutely insane. Like that's the kind of brand that Taylor Swift is bringing to the table compared to what Travis Kelsey is bringing to the table. What I'm annoyed by is the NFL trying to slide into the pocket of Taylor Swift with all of this and and showing her at every game, trying to advertise. And like, we're going to start showing more ad free advertisements for Taylor Swift because we've asked her to do a Super Bowl multiple times and she keeps turning us down and we desperately want her to do a Super Bowl. And that's what I'm annoyed by. And I think that's what most fans are. Most logical people are annoyed by. By the way, Ron, real quick. I don't, I still don't know. Is it certified or imposter? I I think you just went on that full tangent. I I feel like I I had to, it's certified, but I I had to get that off my chest because it's really been bothering me. I don't know why you're, why are you upset? What, what should the NFL do? Not take advantage of this? But they have taken advantage of. No, I mean, like, yes, I know they shouldn't, but no, I agree that they should, but it's like, but like this week there was the report that the NFL is nudging TV networks to like do free advertising for Taylor Swift when it's like, why don't you just pay for Taylor Swift's advertising? <laughs> like, like if you want her that bad, I bet she'd agree to do a Super Bowl if you did something cool for her, but they don't want to spend any money for it. I'm just, I, I'm just annoyed with the NFL being cheap and like getting their grubby fingers all over. By the way, Don, you know, who's not annoyed who's by any of this? Donna Kelsey. Do you see what she's doing tomorrow? By the oh, time you're listening wow. to this, it's that today. I was getting paychecks out of all of this stuff. She's going on the Today Show. She's she going to be one of the exclusive. She's got an exclusive interview that they have promoted the day prior on you know, the where, Today. Where's Ed? I mean, Ed just Ed. <laughs> he's he's just like Donna. You go out there, you be famous, get paid for all this stuff. I'm just going to kick it at home in Ohio yeah. and be good. But- yeah, he's good. Well, they're not together. But Ed is just Ed's just not a part of this. It's just wow. Okay, Ed. Just let Donna get it. Donna's with Jake with Steak Farm. Then she's with Taylor, her daughter-in-law. I mean, it's just it's her daughter. Listen, this is imposter to me. Um, I don't I I don't think this is this is not the reason why they're struggling. This is not the reason why they're having issues. I don't think anybody in the locker room is going to be is, is getting tired of the Taylor Swift questions. And I do think it will die down, especially when she goes on the second leg of her tour, which is mostly in Canada. Uh, I don't think it is going to die down. I mean, I think it will die down. Excuse me. And I don't I think, think she's getting ready to go to Argentina. So yeah, it's <laughs> not going to be easy to hang out. It's overseas and a lot in Canada. Um, but I, I don't, like, I don't think for the guys that this is becoming an issue. Like, nobody, I don't think that people that matter, those guys will get cut. I don't think people are jealous of Travis. 
right? Like, I don't think, like, if Wanya Morris or whatever is jealous of Travis, he's going to get his ass cut. I don't think those guys walking around, like, look at this attention that Travis is getting. Look at this attention oh, that Pat's I don't getting. think it's that. I think it's like, – like, we don't want this attention anymore. I think like, that's more of what it is. Yeah, I don't – yeah, but but I don't think it's going – like, for me, is is this going to affect them from winning? And I don't think so at all, right? And I could see some locker rooms again. I think Sierra and the attention that Russell was getting because – all of them despised him to begin with is a problem, but I don't, I, I don't think that is uh I, I don't think that it is a thing that is hurting them. So I think it's imposter. I, I think it's becoming over. Now, if they lose a game, that's exactly what people are going to point to. And it's going to be silly because once again, it can't be because of what happened. Like if they would have lost that game against the jets, it wouldn't be, Patrick Mahomes throwing punts up in the air for interceptions. He tried to throw four interceptions in the game on Sunday and only and only two he came up with. It would have been about the distraction of Taylor, and I don't think that is the case. So I'm going to say imposter. I don't think it is stopping them from winning. All right, the game, uh, our predictions here, the game coming up against the Vikings in Minnesota. I know a lot of Kansas City fans are traveling there. I know I, I know people, my mom, my father-in-law, they're both going to that game. I think this is a I think this is a a, a high scoring game. Um, I think the Chiefs, I, I feel like in this game, this is one of these games that the Chiefs will never really feel like they're gonna lose. Right. And um, and I would have been concerned about this game being like an indie game from last year. Um, where they just overlook, but the way the offense struggled after that 17 to nothing start, I think the offense is going to be really keyed in. I think Patrick Mahomes is pissed, like like Serta said earlier. I think they I think they're keyed in to put together a really good performance. It's a prime time game again, although it's it's at 325, but it is going to be in most homes. I think they are I think they are really focused in more than they would have been. Had they just blown out the Jets like it looked like it like it looked like they were going to? I'd say like something like thirty four to like twenty four feels like uh, the score to me. I think it's going to be a little closer. I think that it won't feel as close as the ultimate score indicates, though. Thirty four thirty is what I've got. High scoring ends up being a fun game to watch if you're in fantasy, like doing daily this weekend. Play a bunch of players from both of these teams. I like the Chiefs to win. I think it's going to be close. I agree. I think it's going to be 33 to 27. And I think that this is kind of the MO for the Vikings where they turn the ball over early in the game, get down big, then just throw a bunch. And Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson make a bunch of plays and they make it close at the end. But you're not really actually worried about losing the football game. And that's kind of how the game script has gone for every game for them this season. So uh, I, I think it's a close game, but I think the Chiefs win. All right, we'll see what happens. See if they can get to four and one, and take advantage of this stretch of games because uh, they should they should stack up some wins with these games they got coming up. We are out. <laughs>